This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside M.H. Williams, a.k.a. Mike Williams. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. How is all of those Kind of Funny best friends doing today? I'm checking the chat. They're doing pretty well. They're doing pretty well. How are you, though, Mike? How are you? I'm doing well. It's, It's good. We got a little snowfall. I just wanted some snow for 2020, just something in the winter, just a tiny bit. So it sure, happened. Sure. I'm, I'm excited. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to say that I was really excited to see you, uh, you know, meet up with Jim Lee, have him draw on your PS5. Big deal for me. The fact that, uh, you know, have you read any DC comics recently? Future State is right now. Yeah, no, I... I, I I know the future states right now, Mike, and I know that like you're you're a huge DC fan. You know, you're one of those. You and I talk comics all the time, but you also know it's been very busy with video games <laughs> right now. So no, I haven't read Future State. I am behind on everything. I haven't even seen Bendis's send off to Superman. I uh, how is it? How is Future State? Uh, future State is pretty good. It's about a you know sixty forty in a hit ratio. A lot of okay. good backups. A lot of good uh, ideas. I'm looking forward to seeing some of that carry forward into Infinite Frontier. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, Mike. Now, outside of comics, Mike, what do you do? Who are you? Introduce you. If somebody doesn't know who Mike Williams is, who are you? So I am currently a reviewer analyst at uh, PC Mag. Uh, Before that, that's a recent change. I was actually the reviews editor at the now defunct U.S. Gamer. Oh, yes. Uh, And then uh, on the side, I also like to write about uh, pop culture, entertainment, tokusatsu, all that fun. Uh, at my own medium blog into the discourse very nice very nice and how long have you been doing all this how long have you been covering video games uh more than a decade at this point right like just i I think i just recently ticked over a decade it's one of those things that it's ridiculous that it's taken this long to get you on games daily and i went back to our dms when i was booking (laughs) you on this one where i like what was it a year ago i was like we got to get you on games daily and then before then we got to get you on games daily and then just got lost in the ether and never made it happen but here you are yeah, no, it was one of those things like, yes, Greg did reach out to me like a while ago. He was like, oh, yeah, what's got to happen? And then every time we would reconnect, it, it would uh, it would come back up. But now it's happening, so it's okay. I forgive I, you for that. Thank you. And it's that thing of like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, a lot of downsides to the <laughs> pandemic. But what I really miss is running into you at events and seeing, as always, that you're the best dressed man there. Ah, see, thank you. This is this is uh, actually on some of my very old business cards. It was one way to differentiate myself. So I was black guy, glasses, and a tie. <laughs> that, that, that was the easiest way to find him. Uh, who am I looking for? Black guy, glasses, and tie. Got it. I know where that guy is. I can go find him and stuff. That's great. Um, so before we get into the news, because there's a lot of it today, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me every day at PCMag.com, or you can find me on Twitter, just jawjacking about the latest news, uh, at Automatic Zen, that's Z-E-N. 
And then, of course, what I love about PC Mag is that there's an author page you can go to. You can see all of your work collected, all the Mike Williams stories right there. You can go, ladies and gentlemen, to kindoffunny.com slash MH that will direct you there. You can go right to PC Mags then and see everything he's been working on. So without further ado, Mike, let's talk about The Mandalorian being The Last of Us. Ratchet and Clank getting a release date in six days in Fallujah coming back for some reason because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news need know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can give us your questions, your comments, your squad up requests, and oh, so much more. Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can get every episode of the ad show ad-free, and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every week. Day. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch live as we record the show on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, just like Billy the Door is Know What's Good, King Franchise 88R. Of course, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you, uh, we're doing too much cool shit at Kind of Funny this week, and it's hard to keep up on, so I have to tell you all about it. Remember, Barrett's Assassin's Creed in review, a Kind of Funny Games special, has gone up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. It is more than two hours long. It took Barrett forever. I mean, to edit, it took him forever. That, all of in 2020, he played all the mainline Assassin's Creed to then come in here, review them, and rank them. Please go uh, watch it and then send Barrett some sweet, nasty love. Uh, Rogers, Little Nightmares 2 review is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games as a first impression same story here less work than barrett's thing but he played through this entire game then has made his own little video essay first impressions of it and it's really good you should go check it out saturday is wild aces game day that's right if you didn't know we own a football team in the fan controlled football league and the first game is saturday 5 p.m pacific time twitch.tv slash kind of funny games against quavo and richard sherman's glacier boys we will be streaming here me and snow like michael kick off probably 4 30 to get ready for the game at five thank you to the insane number of you that came out last night just for the draft and drafted alongside us to make sure we got the right wild aces team that was a blast and then Saturday after the game you can stick around for a live love sex and stuff call-in show to celebrate Valentine's Day thank you to our Patreon producers Graham of Legend David Mintel Trent Berry Blackjack Louise Aguiar aka 8-Bit Louise, James Davis, aka at James Davis Makes, and the Nanobiologist. Today, we're brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. Bring up some energy. Bring up some energy, Kevin. I don't have it, Greg. There it is! He's doing it! It's time for some news! Uh, I didn't, Kevin, keep it going. I didn't put the exact number. What I got? I got Six items on the rope report. A bigger sausage. Man, that voice is going, isn't it, Kev? Wow. It really is. Thanks for having me push. You know, thanks. I needed I that. Mean, you could have stopped. You know what it was. You no, know. you said Do keep ever, it going. Are you resting it? Are you drinking tea and honey and stuff? No. <laughs> you just drinking milkshakes? My body takes care of itself. It'll be fine. A milkshake oh, okay. does you well. Okay, famous last words, famous last words. Uh, number one is one that broke throughout the days for some reason yesterday and ended uh, into the evening. Pedro Pascal joins Bella Ramsey to star in HBO's The Last of Us. I will be reading two paragraphs from Deadline, but from two different authors uh, <laughs> because they put them out in two different stories because of the way this all timed out. 
uh, Nelly Andriva at Deadline writes, in one of in one of b- the biggest TV castings of the year, the Mandalorian star Pedro Pascal is set to headline The Last of Us, HBO's high-profile series adaptation of the Sony PlayStation franchise from Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Then Alexandra De, uh, I'm sorry, Alexandra Del Rose- Rosario at Deadline writes, uh, HBO has found one of its leads for the upcoming uh, Last of Us series. Deadline confirmed that Game of Thrones breakout star Bella Ramsey, known for appearing as the pugnacious but brave Leanna, did I get that right? Mormort? Kevin, you watch this show. Mormont. Yeah. Mormont. Mormont? Yep. Uh, we'll play Ellie. Uh, so, again, that those are the two things. It's it's crazy. Uh, I mean, games journalism does it too, I guess. But as somebody who doesn't read a lot of entertainment journalism, to go read these stories, Mike, and see, like, the <laughs> like just Pedro is Joel is this thing, and then all this padding around it and, like, explaining all this other stuff. Pedro is Joel. Uh, then you have Bella as Ellie. How do you feel about this one? Uh, I feel I feel pretty good about this. I wasn't expecting uh, Pedro to get sure. it. Um, and, and actually, like sort a lot of the padding around that story seemed to be like there were reports earlier in the day that Mahershala Ali had gotten the Joel role. Right. And, and Deadline, a lot of the writing seemed to be like, no, they're wrong. All of them were wrong. Um, but like Pedro, he can do it. I mean, Pedro oh, Pascal he's is a it. fantastic actor. Um, I'm actually a little bit interested uh, to see uh, Bella Ramsey uh, portray a slightly more like uh, Leanna Mormont was a little bit hardcore. Yeah, in the show. So, uh, so I know that she can get to that version of Ellie. I want to uh, see what she does with an earlier uh, iteration, a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what she does. I'm like, I, I believe in Pedro. I actually believe in her. I just. Uh, and interested to see what that looks like from her. Yeah, Lucid Dream writes into patreon.com slash games, just like you can to be part of the show, and says, could The Last of Us casting be any more fucking perfect? Ramsey, the former Lady Malmore? M- 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 Mormont. Mormont. None of the names in this show stuck. I know who she is. <laughs> I saw it. You know what I mean? It's perfect as a, a, the smart Alec, uh, tougher than she looks, Ellie. And Pascal, the Mandalorian himself, just prove how excellent he is at being the reluctant, stern father figure with the dark past. Bravo, Neil Druckmann, who I assumed had nothing to do with casting. <laughs> Fuck the. N- uh, there's two very interesting takes, I think, to pull out of it where, number one, Mike, I'm with you, where if you would have told me in the run up to this, Pedro Pascal, and people are looking at him. They think Pedro's going to be the guy. I would have been like, well, yeah, but isn't he overexposed? Like, he is yeah. so definitively the Mandalorian and what we just saw, and that is, you know, Space Last of Us in so many different ways, yeah. right? Yeah, and I mean, at, at the very least, he gets, a, like, a break uh, because he'll, like, there's no Mandalorian Season 3 happening immediately. Right, uh, yeah, they they're switching over show. to Boba Fett, right? Right, so, yeah. so he has time to film this show and then go back to the Mandalorian, but uh, just imagine that run wonder woman 1984 mandalorian and now last of us just i you know obviously the memes are never in short supply on the internet but the one that cracked me up last night i forget who shared it but it was the him from uh uh wonder woman 1984 with life is good and then it was the shot of uh, gina carano getting thrown off of <laughs> the star wars right. projects but, but it can't be better. be better and then it was him him being joel and the last of us i was like that's dynamite that's an amazing one yeah i think he's gonna crush it and i think that you know not knowing anything about it i my i would have thought Oh, man, that's an interesting pick. But, yeah, he won't get it because he's overexposed. But then you do think about it. In Mandalorian, so much of it was behind the helmet. And, like, granted, people know that it's him. And he takes it off at times in the show. Spoilers. But it was that thing of, like, okay, yeah, he can get away with it. And I think he's going to be so much 
he's going to have a way different performance as Joel. And I wouldn't be surprised to have a different look. And obviously he's going to have a different range. And uh, I think he's going to kill it. Like, I think yeah. he's amazing. And then yeah. for Bella, right. Who, again, I I've seen in game of Thrones and I think she obviously is great there. It's fascinating. Is just a little aside that if you remember, like, for the longest time, Maisie Williams was going to be Ellie. It was the running they, when they were trying to make a Last of Us movie and all that stuff. And I remember being at IGN and doing a Twitter thing with her, like I organically that started where I was starting this thing to get her either more followers or get her in the conversation for Ellie. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's gone on long enough that she's too old to be Ellie, but this other Game of Thrones woman, she can go be Ellie. Yeah, and that also doesn't help. Like, I was like, isn't she a little bit young for Ellie? But that's because I'm thinking Last of Us. Like, Ellie is now set for me in The Last of Us Part Two. Sure. So I'm, yeah. I'm thinking older. But then I like looked back at the old art. I was like, oh no, she's she's about the right age. Um, and and I do think it's going to go in a bunch of different directions because it's an adaptation. They're, they're yeah. gonna It's going to be different. They're going to have fun with it. And so what does that do for you? Are you excited about that? You know, video game movies don't have a great track record. And right. so now to see Last of Us being adapted by HBO and obviously to have Craig in there from Chernobyl, which was great. And then obviously Neil to actually be there and actually be involved. Do you think this bucks the trend? Do you think this is going to be a good addition to the Last of Us universe? Uh, I do. I, I mean, I like adaptations that sort of play around with the source material a little bit more rather than just take it straight but also craig mazin uh i listened to he does a podcast on the side the long running called script notes and i remember years ago when last of us first came out and he was just gushing over it because he has a like a what are we reading or playing section. sure 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 so he's always been a last of us fan and then chernobyl hit and just sent him you know skyrocketing yeah. As a sort of serious director, he was hangover movies before. Yeah, he was. His, when you look at his IMDb, it's very the clear before and after Chernobyl. Right. So uh, I'm glad he has enough, you know, clout now, thanks to Chernobyl, that HBO probably went to him and said, What do you want to do next? And he was like, The Last of Us. So I, he's excited. I'm excited. Yeah. And I think it is really cool that, you know, uh, Neil is so involved with it. And I think yeah. it'll be fascinating to see if that, you know, portrays. And then what you're talking about, though, with it being an adaptation, right? Like that is going to be the fascinating part of it, of yeah. what does this story look like and how long do we stick with it? Because I think the games obviously are able to play within their set amount of times and be done with it. But for this one, and it's ongoing. Is all of season one, you know, Last of Us part one, is it just going to go in such a different direction that it isn't ongoing that we don't, you know, worry about it. And like, we do see, like you're talking about her grow up and like become right. so like fill in the gaps even between Last of Us part one and Last, or, yeah, Last of Us one, Last of Us two. I mean, I can't wait. I'm interested. I think this is a great cast and it seems like they have a good uh, production behind it. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited. Now, Rita writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to push her own agenda. Hey, Kind of Funny Games Daily crew. Well, The Last of Us has finally come back around in the news cycle as a result of the recent Joel and Ellie castings, and I'm going to use it for an excuse to push my own damn agenda. I want another Last of Us game. I've heard the sentiment that Naughty Dog should leave The Last of Us behind and move on to a new IP, but I have different hopes. If you were to receive another Last of Us game, what would you want? Uh, do you want it to be part three? Do you want it to be a spinoff using the world to tell a tangential or unrelated story? And then uh, I'm trying to scheme ahead here to see if there's spoilers or anything. Like this. No, Rita goes on to say, here, I'll get the ideas flowing. I want a game set before The Last of Us, showing us Joel and Tommy's story. I want to really flesh out Joel's character and understand what led to Joel and Tommy's fallout that's referenced in The Last of Us Part 1. I think there uh, would be enough action and controversy to tell a very interesting story with, a, with one, the wonderful gameplay Last of Us is known for. Mike, do you want another Last of Us game? 
I'm 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 in the mixed category. Uh, I always I personally would rather them stop, but there's always room for an idea to to work. So sure. like I'm I'm open to it. Uh, I'd probably put it in between the Last of Us Part One and Two mm-hmm. to sort of see how people transition from the uh, full on you know Cordyceps invasion uh, to the the like. World New World Order. Last, right, New World yeah. Order and Last of Us Part Two, And probably not have any of the, the main cast or maybe uh, from the other side of The Last of Us Part Two, not going into spoilers or anything. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Where I think even with Last of Us Part Two, like I wasn't demanding another Last of Us. Like yeah. I was very much like, I man, you should leave it where it was. You guys pitched a perfect game here. Get out and, you know, leave while you still can kind of thing. And when they got it, I, I think Last of Us Part Two is a masterpiece. And so I'm totally, you know, like, oh, I'm glad this exists, even though I wasn't pushing for it. It's the same thing here, where I'd be happy if they never went back to it. Honestly, I'd be happy if they never went back for to it. I'd also be happy if they did, like, a novella or a short story in the aftermath. I have questions uh, about the aftermath, right? And I know that, obviously, the ending's left ambiguous in certain ways for us to sit there and do have those questions and ponder what characters are doing and why they went to do what they did. But I'd love definitive answers. For the question here, or not the question, I guess, the pitch here from Rita of, oh, the Joel Tommy story, I don't think they would do that. Because if you remember... And Last of Us 1 kind of glosses over it a little bit as we don't know Joel that well, but on replays, I think it stands out more. Like, Joel wasn't a good guy in the before times. And even when we pick up in Last of Us Part 1, like, he did a lot of horrible shit. And I bet him and Tommy did a lot of horrible shit in that, you know, end of the world to where they were when we pick up the Last of Us Part 1. And so you really roll the dice there of, if you're going to tell that story chipping away even more and was something they saw with last of us part two chipping away at the characters people have built up in their heads and i would be honestly say that probably after the reaction the visceral reaction when last of us part two leaked and even after the fact they probably don't want to do that again where they want to get into that it could be a cool thing if you told a hey this is last of us colon outbreak day and it's new characters we're doing this new thing with them we go through and that story goes on long enough that we cross paths with joel and tommy and they're beat they're mean to us very similar to like you know, in Last of Us Part One, that you know, uh, famous cutscene they showed early on, right, of uh, them in the car and the guy coming out asking for help, and he's like, he's not even hurt, and, he, and then Ellie asked him, how did you know that was a setup? And he goes, I've done it, I've been on both sides before. It'd be interesting to see that perspective in a, in a spinoff, right. whatever. But I'm not clamoring for that. I don't need to go back to it, and I'd be interested to know if Naughty Dog's worrying about that at all, or if this is now the vessel, you know, the show with uh, Pedro Plus, and Bella. If you want that kind of uh, uh, Tommy. Uh, like pairing play days gone uh with uh, deacon and his brother deacon and boozer yeah booze you there but fuck motherfucker we gotta fucking oh fucking hell god damn it boozer answer the fucking fuck god damn then again so i love you boozer like why are you so mean in the gameplay and so nice in the cuts what is going on right, just give him a hug just give him a hug love him his arms burned Number two on the Roper Report. Let's stay in the PlayStation ecosystem. Ratchet and Clank, a rift of part a rift apart has a release date. It is coming June eleventh, twenty twenty-one. Kevin, they popped up a new trailer that I linked here. I think it's old footage though, but it's it's at the end talk. It's a 30-second spot that ends with June 11, 2021. It was coupled with a blog post from Marcus Smith, friend of the show. Uh, you can go over there and read it. It's obviously talking a little bit about what's going on, but at the end, Marcus does this cheeky thing right here. And yes, we know you are asking for the new Lombax's name. And it's not fair that we put her in the art and aren't telling you yet. Hang in there. You'll be feeling rosy soon. 
So we would assume, That's seeing right. how no one ever says you're, <laughs> you're feeling rosy soon, the female Lombax that is on the cover, they revealed the cover art as well here, is going to be named Rosie, it would look like. So there you go. Breaking news for this. Of course, Mike, when this was posted in the Kind of Funny Slack for Games Daily, uh, the first thing people uh, Blessing said was, launch window, huh? How yeah. did, how did, this is uh, a little bit later than we were anticipating, Mike. That, that was actually the first thing I was going to bring up as well. Like, So yeah, this was a launch window title, which for us mostly we assume like march but i assume this is part of that you know pandemic work from home here's an extra little delay so the fact that they're hitting june uh i, I applaud you insomniac and i'm looking forward to it uh oh, despite I can't wait. only playing uh, uh when i was a kid when the first ones were out i didn't play them so my first one was when i reviewed the ps4 uh remake cracking Ra- time oh oh, oh, was, oh okay uh, which was fantastic. The the remake of the first one, I was like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah, the, I, I really movie. missed out on this. I was like, oh, Damn. dude, Ratchet games are so good. Yeah, and that's why I'm so stoked for this. It's interesting you bring that up. You know, we're talking about like, is it a pandemic thing? Is it something else? Why June 11th, a little bit later than they wanted? Obviously, yeah. they never completely confirmed, but they talked about it being a launch window game. Uh, Paris Lilly from the Kind of Funny X cast and nowhere else uh, on Twitter <laughs> said, with Ratchet and Clank being the first big PS5 title, I'm sorry, with Ratchet and Clank being the first big PS5 only title, the June release date is probably a good thing as it will allow more people time to get their hands on a console and not be at the mercy of these scalpers. Hashtag Ratchet PS5. You know, I think there's, a, as always, there's multiple uh, factors to a, uh, a delay. And I'm using that loosely here because, again, they didn't really say when it was coming. But right. I would think that, yeah, they probably needed a bit more time. I bet part of that is the fact that working from home is complicated and it slowed down pipelines and how you do things. But then on top of that, I bet when you go to Sony and you're like, hey, can we get a little bit longer than we think? It's not going to be It's not gonna be May. It's not like we wanted. It's not going to be, you know, uh, April. And I'm sure PlayStation's like, that. that's all great for us. Like, we can't keep these things in stock. We don't need a PlayStation 5 game out there to sell the system right now because the system's selling right. fine. So let's just get it out there so there are more people that buy it. That all makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, and also June for, for us would normally be around E3. Yeah, right. exactly. E3 2021, if it does happen or however it's going to happen. Is, oh, they're, the July. ESA is working on a digital thing. Don't worry. It'll be great. Digital It'll be thing. fantastic. So, Don't worry it, about it. Yeah. So they're in July now. So this is like right before E3. This is the, the probably a good sweet spot. Like get it out there, get a little hype and excitement, and then you roll right into whatever else they're going to announce for the second half of the year. Exactly. Uh, in that vein, Nathan Choquette wrote in to patreon.com slash games just like you can. It says, what's up, Greg and Mike? We now have a release date for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and it's coming up so fast. My question is, if you guys think that th- with the absence of E3 last year and video games being so popular right now, do you think the industry has finally gotten over that hesitancy to put out games during the usually barren summer months? It would be great to see bigger games have more room to breathe from one another, even if it means our wallets will never really get a break. Ha ha. Thanks and hope you both have a great rest of your Thursday. Nathan Showcat. I read this question and it made me actually, it's funny, I'm old enough that I remember when I was starting at IGN in 2007, those were the summer months that were barren, where there was nothing to play, where I literally could play everything of consequence and not have to worry. I could beat games. I didn't have to like taste them and be like, not for me, next thing. Ah." Like, and I pull it up, right? Last of Us Part 1 released, obviously, June 14th. And I remember that being such a big deal because we were at E3. It was like the Friday of E3 that it came out. And it was like, God damn it, why is this happening? Then even last year, you see Last of Us Part 2, June 19th, Ghost of Tsushima, July 17th. So... I would argue, and I granted that was a COVID year and obviously those dates moved, but dates move all the time. I would argue 
even if there's it's a slower summer months it's not nearly what it used to be mike uh i, I agree probably the last couple of years i forget what game it was but i feel like there was a game that literally like i started reviewing on the plane to e3 it was something for for either switch or 3ds i was gonna like say that. no no i'm right there with you i don't know it either but i do remember this everybody had their review copy of something on the way to right multiple and, e3s i think yeah so it, uh, it's not that uh uh mostly you're you're trying to avoid the the e3 week but usually like two weeks later a game drops a couple of games yeah these days games never stop dropping like period um it's a little light right now, but there, there's still a lot of like stuff out there that's popping and getting hot, like, you know, like Valheim or something. Yeah. So for us, it, it, it's just an ongoing thing. Um, and they'll still drop games in the holiday season, but that's just because everyone is spending money then. Uh, whereas during the summer, usually they have to compete more with movies. Yeah. And it's also the, you know, compete with free time where i know it sounds crazy because you know if you're like us and you're a video game nut man (laughs) summer was the best because you could sit there and play 12 hours of games or whatever uninterrupted but for most people who aren't us they want to go outside and do lame things like take vacations and see their families whereas during you know uh the school year it is you go to school you come home you eat dinner and then you have free time and you do something with it i think they try to uh, get around that way and so we are seeing more and more people get into it right i'm googling right yeah back for blood a game i can't wait for until 2021 june right. 18th and i think that's more about it where you kind of got to pick your target based on your audience where i think a back for blood we all want to get together and play multiplayer games is going to be successful anywhere but and granted this is all weird because 2021 and 2020 are <laughs> covid years was like we're all locked to our computers and as we right. talk about every time we do npd numbers right like year over year it's way better <laughs> people are locked in their house of course they're going to be playing games left and right all the time yeah, yeah. No, animal crossing i think would have hit but not like not almost, like that. almost catching mario kart with it's crazy mario. right yeah. yeah yeah so yeah ration clank looks like rosie's the lombax june 11th 2021 on playstation 5 cannot wait uh number three there's an, a borderlands info dump originally it was a borderlands 3 info dump but literally as we went live uh, variety broken news stories so we'll start at variety where rebecca rubin writes jack black to play claptrap in star-studded borderlands movie uh jack black has been cast in borderlands lion gates movie adaptation of the popular video game he joins an a-list ensemble that includes kate blanchett kevin hart and jamie lee curtis uh, black will voice the it's like do i want to go into this you know who claptrap is you know he's sarcastic robot. eli roth who previously collaborated with black and blanchett on 2018 family comedy the house with a clock and its walls which you could tell me was a made-up movie because i've never heard of is directing borderlands and then there's a quote from him saying how excited he is to have him and stuff we just talked about the last of us <laughs> the hbo series do you believe in that where are you with the borderlands movie that has jack black kate blanchett kevin hart and jamie lee curtis i'm i'm so when they did the jamie lee curtis news i was like so what's next is it going to be like daniel day lewis as mordecai like i feel <laughs> like they're aiming real high with this borderlands cast it's it's going to be a wild movie i i think i uh, want to believe We've all been burned by video game movies, as we already said, all this stuff. But, like, Kate Blanchett is awesome. Her as Lilith sounds awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome. Her as Tannis sounds awesome. Jack Black is awesome. Him as Claptrap sounds awesome. Eli Roth makes those torture porn movies that really aren't my jam, but I have seen certain things that I can't remember from him that I liked. Like, I'm not, like, saying he's a washout. It's just not my usual type of thing. I I think some of his movies, um, 
uh, was Green Inferno him? I think yeah, he, right? he could, I think he can hit close enough to uh, that Tarantino because what Borderlands need is sort of the Tarantino and Glorious Bastards vibe, like very quick, uh, a little gory and a little fun, uh, very violent. A lot of people standing around shooting stuff. Um, yeah. So I think he can hit that. I think he he has enough. Uh, a few movies that like hint at that vein. So I, I I'm okay. I'm okay with it. And the cast is just it's absurd. Yeah, I'm gonna be really interested when we first start getting clips of it to see what the style they're going for is. Right? Like, is it going? Is it just? Is it going to be Borderlands the game where it is this crazy kooky comedy kind of thing mixed up with these crazy guns and like how are you? mixing in how crazy the guns are and like what a doll uh, doll rifle is versus versus you know any of the other ones yeah you know, like, right. I, I don't know there's so much that makes borderlands <laughs> borderlands that i feel like would be hard to transition to a movie however if you remember i had no interest in a little game called tales from the borderlands and then i t- thought that was one of the funniest games of all time right and and i mean that sort of gives them sort of the way forward and i mean it's a little mad max it's a little indiana yeah. jones it's a little uh, like I said, Tarantino. So I, I, as I said before, I, I think anything can be done right. And yeah. uh, so I'm looking forward to at least seeing them try. Exactly. Now, though, into the other information I was going to tell you about, there was a new episode of the Borderlands show yesterday. Uh-oh. And lo and behold, we hosted it, by the way. We, we make the Borderlands show for them. Don't worry. Uh, full disclosure, I guess. But also watch the Borderlands show because me and Fran <laughs> host it. Uh, here's some of the stuff we talked about. Tales from the Borderlands returns to storefronts February 17th. Uh, set between Borderlands 2 and 3, Tales from the Borderlands follows the stories of Reese, a Hyperion suit, and Fiona, a con artist, on a quest born of greed but destined for greatness. Uh, it's an old, tired Greg story. Uh, but Tales from the Borderlands is a game that I was like, when they announced it was like, a Telltale Borderlands game? That sounds stupid. Uh, downloaded episode one, didn't play it for the longest time, had a bad day, started it on a whim, and was laughing within five minutes. Like, that game yep. is so good. It's, you know, Troy, it's Laura, it's them crushing it. Ashley's in it as a great character, too. Loaderbot, like, I can't wait for Tales of the Borderlands to drop. And uh, I, 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 I think it's just... I'm rusty now, I think, because we recorded the show a while ago. I believe it's returning to storefronts, but it's not like a new version of it. So, like, it would be the same trophies and stuff like that. But if you haven't played Tales, you yeah. definitely need to play Tales. Did you play Tales, Mike? Uh, I did. It's actually uh, one of uh, Telltale's uh, best games, actually. 100%. Uh, yeah, I, like, really enjoyed it, and I liked a lot of their games. Uh uh, announced yesterday, Borderlands 3 Director's Cut arrives March 18th and includes a colossal raid boss, murder mysteries. These are going to be uh, Ava story missions where she recruits your Vault Hunter or Vault Hunters to be on her podcast and you go off and do stuff. And then Vault Card Challenges. Vault Card Challenges acting like uh, little battle passes, right? Things for you to do on the daily to unlock new rewards. Uh, Borderlands on Twitter describes the first one as the first of the three Vault Cards will launch as part of Borderlands 3 Director's Cut, featuring new daily missions and rewards that honor some of the franchise franchise's most beloved fallen heroes uh then it can the director's cut also includes dozens of new record re- rewards uh behind the scenes content uh then also today the broken hearts day event returns goes through february 25th and there's discounts for the game everywhere the vault card gets me interested so do the ava uh, missions mike did you play borderlands 3 were you about that uh yeah no i played it i reviewed it and uh, i actually really enjoyed it uh, the one thing i want gearbox is look we all know that my man zero is the best so why don't you just let me play zero again otherwise i love it it's a fun game uh yeah it's, it's really exciting though 
yeah, you know, again, take my word with a grain of salt if you want, because now we do the Borderlands show for that. But obviously, I love Borderlands 3. I platinum Borderlands 3. I wouldn't just do that as part of a contract or whatever. And I haven't gone through and finished the other DLCs. Uh, uh, Psycho Cree, I haven't gone back and finished because I was going to wait for PlayStation 5. Then they playstation 5 or came trophies didn't immediately work i believe they fixed some of them and now it's like there's this thing so i'm like i'll just wait till march march it'll be this complete package with a whole bunch of new stuff for me to go into and, and go in and start running these vault cards similar to how i'm running division battle passes and season stuff so yeah, you know it's you could get that uh playstation 5 experience just a little bit earlier if you played it on pc <laughs> Oh, look at me, everybody. I'm shooting things. <laughs> Get out of here with your PC. There's so many lights in your keyboard, Greg. You like that? It's yeah. so that's, bright. That's a, that's a rock look cat keyboard if you ever seen one. You know what I mean? Rock it took me a couple. Cat. If you want a fun one of how stupid Greg Miller is. Uh, yeah, uh, Rock Cat sent these uh, things. Oh, they came with... This setup came with the Mafia press pack for Definitive Edition or whatever. And I was like, oh, my other keyboard was super big and clunky. So I used it. And uh, then MC Fixer, of course, friend of the show, DM me after he saw that I got it. He's like, oh, man, this keyboard's great, right? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, but look at all the things I did to my lights. I'm like, oh, how do you do that? And he's like, dude, did you not do it, set up any of this stuff? I'm like, no. And he's like, send me links to like go click on things, actually program it to do. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to make it all blue. And then I never touched it again. Yeah, I have that one, uh, but unfortunately, I had to put it out to pasture because I spilled a uh, Coke on it. So Coke Zero, all in it. That's it. It's done. Moment of silence for the Rokat keyboard. <laughs> Number four on the Roper Report. Six days in Fallujah is back for some fucking reason. This is Andy Robinson over at VGC. <laughs> Konami's canceled Iraq war game Six Days in Fallujah has been revived. The action game, which was due to depict uh, the real-life ba- Iraq battle uh, via a mix of gameplay and interview footage from Marines who were there, was canceled in 2009 due to criticism from the press, British military veterans, and anti-war groups. Now, Victra... I'm saying that right, right? Victra, a uh, publisher uh, formed by the CEO of the original developer, Atomic Games, has announced that the game is back in development at High, Wi- High Wire Games, the studio founded by Bungie veterans uh, Jamie Greesmere, uh, Jared Noftel, and Marty O'Donnell. It will release this year for consoles and PC. According to the announcement, Six Days in Fallujah remains a first-person tactical military shooter based on true stories from the second battle for Fallujah in 2004. Uh, Victoria uh, claims it, it's been working in partnership with frontline Marines and soldiers who fought in the Battle of Fallujah and says its intention with Six Days is to, quote, bring players closer to the uncertainty and tactics of modern combat, end quote, than other video games have explored. Uh, Over 100 Marines, soldiers, and Iraqi civilians uh, who were present during the Second Battle of Fallujah have shared their personal stories, photographs, and video recordings with the development team, it claims. The game presents these stories through the original documentary interview footage. Quote, it's hard to understand what combat is actually like through fake people doing fake things in fake places, said Victor, uh, CEO uh, Peter uh, Tamte, uh, in a prepared statement. Quote, this generation showed sacrifice and courage in Iraq uh, as remarkable as any in history. And now they're offering the rest of us a new way to understand one of the most important events of our century. It's time to be cha- it's time to challenge outdated stereotypes about what video games can be, end quote. James Cowgill, Six Days' original producer, told Variety in 2018 that the game was first canceled because its real-world content and media coverage scared Konami higher-ups. Quote, basically, once Konami Japan realized they had a controversial game on their hands, everything just went quiet from Konami. The support just dropped, he said. Because Konami canceled the contract, the game's rights then reverted back to its developer. 
In 2009, Tim Collins, OBE, a former colonel famed for uh, an eve of battle speech in 2003, claimed it was, quote, much too soon to make a video game about war that, a war that was still going on. Quote, it's particularly insensitive given what happened in Fallujah, and I will certainly oppose the release of this game, he said. Again, that was in 2009. Uh, Victura said on Thursday that it was aiming to make six days in Fallujah, quote, the most authentic military shooter to date and to tell its military and civilian stories with the integrity they deserve. Mike, no pun intended, this is a landmine, right? And it's like, how do you, this is, I, I, where do you want to start unpacking this one? So, so I, I am probably not, well, most people aren't well equipped to, to, to sort of parse that mire. I, I, as 100%. I said before, I, I think every idea can be done well, but there is a, there is a thin fucking gap to get this idea right. Uh, and I don't know many developers that could pull it off. Um, so it's it's one of those things I'm just like, eh, like maybe, but there there's from not just like actually portraying the events, but also sort of the political minefields around it. Sure. Because uh, you have to uh, sort of also keep military people happy but also not dip too much into islamophobia it yeah there's there's so much into that and i'm with you that i don't think anything should be off limits but it's that idea of you need to nail it if you're going to go for it and i think the chance to drift off path and especially you know as uh, i i'm not a video game developer obviously but every developer i've ever talked to about it like once you give your game to some the, an audience whether it be a tester or you know the actual audience and the public it becomes something else right and so to have this game and do this thing and for the line like i don't know i wrestle with it of like you know it's going to be the most realistic military shooter to date like you take that and it starts getting in your head of like well what does that mean of like how the gun feels or how the gun looks or whatever but then they start talking about like the pictures and the documentary style and it's like okay like do you mean it more in that vein of the most realistic in terms of explaining what this battle was, how it happened, how these lives were lost. But then at that point, I would feel like I'd rather watch a documentary about it than be playing it in, you know, see the videos of somebody tactically crouching on somebody's face or whatever that they just killed. I don't know. Yeah, or, or you know, even if they mean it in terms of gameplay, like is this something like Arma 3 or, or one of those games, like uh, I think Red Orchestra is one of those games where like you take a bullet, you're going down right you know realistic damage which you know is really trying to sell the horror of war to the player like i said it's possible but there's a there's a thin gap and it's that thing is there is there an appetite for it like i'm not i'm not the military first person shooter person you know i I, this is the first year or last year was i guess where i just gave up and i'm like listen i always say i'm gonna try the call of duty and the campaign's gonna get me and it never does just because it's just not my fantasy like right what is this is this the thing the, the the not even silver lining to it the thing that gives me hope is like when they talk about uh high wire right founded by bungee veterans jamie greasemere uh jared Noftel, and marty o'donnell like jamie i've uh, interviewed and talked to before he's got a good head on his shoulders like i would believe that i don't think they're there's i do not think they're setting out to exploit this battle right but it is that thing of like 
you know, real people did die. But then again, you get in this conversation, and I think a, a rich one that is far bigger than this news story is part of a bigger podcast. That this could be all to its own of like, well, what is the moratorium on that? Like, right? Like, where do you start being able to take video games or movies or whatever and set them in this where it is respectful enough of the time and the people and the places? And, you know, there is this argument that I do feel i don't know again i wasn't expected to be challenged like this on a thursday morning uh, about a game that i remember again talking about on game scoops with damon forever ago right but like this belief from them of them saying like they want to you know, it's uh, they want to I, I i've missed it but it's where they want to have a video game that they are ready to challenge what we think games can be like that is that is very much the fabric of the Greg Miller argument for video games, right? The video games can be whatever they want to be. And they can, we've gone so far from it just being Mario. Whenever I talk right. about, you know, a, a congressman who doesn't understand Grand Theft Auto, it's because they haven't checked in on a video game since their eight-year-old was cross-legged in front of the TV playing Mario on NES. And that's understandable. The, the eight-year-old grew up and got into other things and doesn't know that. So I can't also sit here and clutch my pearls and be like, Oh my God, like they're going to do like, no, this could be handled. I love Valiant Hearts, right? How many World War II shooters? I know that's a World War One game, by the way. But how many other World War II shooters have we played that actually go through? And you talk about Spec Ops The Line doing such a right. great job of really twisting that narrative and showing us the horrors of war. But again, that was a fictionalized thing. That was like, what happened in that in that game. That wasn't here. Hey, this is a real thing that really happened not too long ago, even though I'm very old and 2004 was a long time ago. Yeah, and I, I I also think like you, this is probably not my thing. So this is one of those games that's going to come out like I'm going to hear about it, pop up on the timeline, and then it's just going to disappear for me. Uh, unless it's particularly heinous, then it's just going to uh, sit on the timeline for a while. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's apparently coming this year, so we don't have to wait long to see if it's a huge colossal fuck up or something really interesting that we all need to play. We'll figure it out, I guess. For now, though. Let me remind you, you can go to patreon.com slash games to be part of the show. Uh, you can get the post show we do each and every day. And most importantly for right now, you can get the show ad-free. Speaking of ads, Greg Way, you're not watching on patreon.com slash games. so let me tell you about our sponsors. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about Amazon Pharmacy. Chances are you use Amazon, but have you used Amazon Pharmacy yet? That's right. Prescriptions delivered to your door by Amazon, just like the TP and Funko Pops you're already ordering. Uh, it saves you time and helps you out of the waiting line at the pharmacy. It's easy. Have your doctor's office send the next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy. You can use your insurance. Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide. Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Uh, Tim tried it for the first time over the holidays. He said it was super easy, got it there, and, you know, it took his insurance. It was exactly what he needed. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash GamesRx. That is A-M-A-Z-O-N dot com slash GamesRx. Amazon.com slash GamesRx. DoorDash is our next sponsor. Dinner? Check. Deodorant? Check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin'? Check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash, too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want 
where you want it, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use the code games ca that's 25% off uh, up to a $10 value in zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021 in the U.S., GAMES CA in Canada. Don't forget GAMES2021 or GAMES CA for 25% off your first order with dubbed DoorDash. Uh, subject to change, terms apply. Number five on the Roper Report. Uh, let's get Let's stay in the shooter realm. All right, Mike, we're going to stay right here in the shooter realm. All right, we're still uh, here. Dice LA appears to be working on a new battlefield. This is a Sheriff Sai of Sheriff Sir. I, I got tongue tied. Hold on, Sheriff Saeed at VG twenty four seven. Justin Weeb, uh, senior designer, uh, senior design director at Dice LA, confirmed on Twitter Twitter that his team's next project is a battlefield. Quote: Any guesses what EA owned franchise I'm thrilled to be working on? He asked on Twitter before ruling out other major EA franchises one by one until arriving at Battlefield. It's quote. I'm sorry. Quote: It's wondrous. I get to work on a game that I fell in love with almost 20 years ago. The sandbox play of Battlefield 1942 was just amazing for its time. I look forward to hearing from all of you uh, what you loved and hope for in, in a future Battlefield game. He added. Uh, we uh, didn't uh, say whether this is going to be an entirely new game led by Dice LA or simply more support work for the mainline Battlefield game coming out later this year. It's possible the team will be doing both, maybe even a standalone Battle Royale mode, should EA want to give Activision's Warzone some competition. Dice LA has long existed as a support studio to Dice's main team in Sweden. The studio, which has a solid history of working on classic shooters, sort of existed in limbo for a while. A little over a year ago, EA revealed that Respawn co-founder Vince Zampella will be helping Dice LA rebrand and ramp up hiring so the studio could have its own identity and create its own games away from Dice's influence. But this may not be how things have worked out, for now at least. Dice LA is largely credited for reviving Battlefield 4, from fixing the game's shoddy netcode uh, to keeping players happy with a steady stream of maps and weapons. The studio really turned that game around. It also contributed to more recent Battlefield games uh, through, uh, I'm sorry, though uh, in a similar capacity. All that is to say that Battlefield fans are likely to be very excited about the news. Cool. <laughs> uh, you and me not shooter guys but hey that's on your radar yeah. if you're a big fan of uh, dice la or slash battlefield and you want more battlefield there you go yeah and ea probably needs to get battlefield into that range that activision has call of duty where they alternate studios uh in between games so that they can as opposed to dice sweden having to go like battlefield battlefront battlefield battlefront yeah yeah, yeah, yeah by yeah, themselves yeah. uh so uh, sure that's good and also like hey uh where is it gonna be like is are, are, there's so many eras uh and if they really want to make their mark pick an interesting one yeah and do something different right that's the biggest thing i think battlefield's always struggled with is trying to differentiate itself in terms of the series and then also in terms of call of duty and with other so many shooters out there i'd like to see what they're up right. to uh, just so, since you know we are obviously a wet blanket since we're not like the shooter <laughs> dudes i do want to point out hurt wave in the chat and all caps goes yo this is awesome greg so there you go everybody congratulations if you're a battlefield fan go get them have some fun and then sixth and final on the rope report for today uh pokemon go developer creates black developers initiative to fund and support games this is our friend eddie over at GameSpot. 
Pokemon Go developer Niantic has launched a new game development fund called the Black Developers Initiative, through which the company aims to fund and support the development of games made by black creators. Quote, our intention is to empower black game slash AR developers and provide access, resources, and support so they can build, ama- build amazing game experiences that inspire games to explore the world together. Expire people to support the world together. Reads a line from the announcement. Uh, teams who are chosen for the fund will receive five months of funding, executive me- mentorship, and development support to create a playable prototype. The first, part- the first participant in the program is a studio called Wicked Saints, which is developing a prototype for a game called World Reborn. The title is described as, quote, Games of Throne- Game of Thrones meets Riverdale with a little dash of Black Mirror, end quote. That sounds fucking awesome. You can learn more about this game and the developers uh, in the video that they posted that GameSpot have, has, so go over to GameSpot. Uh, to qualify for Niantic's Black Developers Initiative, teams must meet at least one of the following criteria. One, uh, black team members uh, have a direct line of profits of the game. Two, the company's studio is at least 51% black owned, black owned, operated, and controlled uh, and as based on the NMSDC requirements defined under the certification criteria used by the Small Business Administration. Whatever that is, get out of here with your legal mumbo jumbo. <laughs> Number three, eligibility is established via a combination of screenings, interviews, and on-site visits, parentheses, post-COVID. Ownership uh, in the case of a publicly owned business means that at least 51% of the stock is owned uh, by one or more black members. Uh, four, black people, uh, yeah, black people driving game vision via leadership position. And then finally, uh, the studio team is at least 50% black. You can visit Niantic's website to learn more about Niantic's Black Developers Initiative. A lot of mumbo jumbo in there, but a great move. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, uh, especially, you know, uh, Niantic is one of those studios uh, on the mobile side that has more money than God. Uh, yes, doing exactly. A lot, doing a lot of AR work, uh, pioneering, like I, I kind of... I have not seen the video for uh, World Reborn to see if it is a mobile or AR game. Uh, but if it is, I'm glad. The, the important part there uh, is offering uh, less of support, more resources. Uh, I think the resources are really helped because a lot of developers, uh, you know, black developers or other marginalized groups don't necessarily have as many resources to build, uh, you know, their visions out as much as they want and when those resources are available you can do some amazing things like i talked to some local kids at a votec um and you know all of their systems are provided by the school uh but with unity and unreal engine these days like at at the end of the year these kids are just making like real quick games like creative games and it's impressive so that's awesome uh being able to get you know, if you have an idea or you already have a studio and you just need that little leg up, that's, and Neantic can provide it with, you know, pocket change that they have. Go ahead, make it happen, please. Yeah, I think that's the thing about it, right? Where it's great to see a company that not only made it, but like dominated it, right? And yeah, right. it just has money falling out of every orifice. <laughs> Be like, you know what? Let's try to do it and kick the ladder down and try to find and, and support people that wouldn't normally have this shot. So that's just great. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Mike, I'm excited to see what Wicked Saints is all about, but it's going to be so long before I get to see that. It's something more immediate. Say what came to the mom and grop shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, save your voice. Save your voice, Kevin. Stop it. Uh, 
Emeritus. That that's bad. That's all bad right there. Uh, out today, Dead by Daylight has a new tome. It's called Divergence. This tome, uh, tomb, tome. How do you? Yeah, tome. I'm saying tome. right. Explores the paradox of life, the contradictions of our past, present, and future selves. Players can unlock the memories of uh, Yu Kimura, uh, the nurse and the observer. So go enjoy that if you understood what the hell that meant. Human Fall Flat has surpassed 25 million sales, and they put out a new lunar update to celebrate. Little Nightmares 2, again, there's a Roger Pocony review up right now on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, is out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Death Crown is on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. A Ground is on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Aircraft Carrier Survival is on PC. Uh, Gun Barrage is on PC. Undermine is on Switch. Uh, on the Road, Truck Simulator is on Xbox One. The Flower Collectors is on Switch. Healer's Quest is on Switch. Negative, The Way of Shinobi is on Switch. Summer Catchers is on Switch. Try Six Infinite is on Switch. And then Potentia. 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 Yeah, Potentia is on PC. New dates for you. Heart of the Forest will be released on PlayStation and Xbox platforms February 24th. And then 3 out of 10, the playable sitcom comes to Switch March 3rd. We ask you to go to patreon.com slash games to be part of the show like so many of you were today. But not only to ask questions, also to squad up. Today, Ashley needs help on PlayStation 5. Ashley's PSN is Apricot99. Uh, Ashley needs help in a game called The Division 2. You might have heard of it. Uh, just getting back into The Division 2, need a clan to join and maybe some best friends to play missions with. I'm on the East Coast and am a frontline worker, so I have no set times that I play. Be safe out there. Wear a mask and wash your hands. Thanks. If you want to play the division with Ashley, hit Ashley up at Apricot99 on PSN. And more important, Ashley, thank you so much for being a frontline worker, putting your life on the line out there. Everybody wear your fucking mask. You know, and over your nose. You, it's been a year of this. We know what's going on. Outrageous. Uh, Mike, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash games. Please subscribe. Uh, Roostreet.com. I don't know if you can subscribe to shows over there, but if you can, please do it. And listening on podcast services around the globe, please leave reviews and subscribe. Uh, Ignacio Rojas comes in to own your ass, Mike. Uh, Ignacio says, you can't. Get the PS5 Borderlands 3 experience on PC. There's no adaptive triggers or haptic feedback, and we all know how important that is for the experience. Great point, Ignacio. Put a gold star in the chat for Ignacio. Wow, PC. good job. What a solid well, point, Ignacio. My oh, mouse right isn't rumbling. My mouse isn't yeah, fighting yeah. back as I try to click. I mean, I don't have a haptic feedback mouse, but maybe somebody does. And I'm they sure could. somebody does. Yeah, but no, there are, there are no adaptive triggers. So you got me. You got me. Nanobiologist writes in with not a you're wrong, but more on six days in Fallujah. He points me to Daniel Ahmad, industry analyst over on Twitter. Uh, This is what Daniel tweets, and I'm going to read some of the things he hears. And this doesn't look good. Daniel tweets, I couldn't possibly guess why six days in Fallujah is being revived at a time when U.S. Army recruitment is at an all-time low. This reboot is from the same people that worked with the FBI and CIA on training systems and is basing its game on on excusing U.S. war crimes. And then the thing here is I, I think we're... It's uh, stick with me because they're screenshots I'm reading. Six Days in Fallujah has emerged 11 years after Konami ditched it. The Iraq War game, which is set during the 2004's Second Battle of Fallujah, was dropped by Konami in April 2009 due to the amount of negative feedback it received. Then we go over here. 
at Destineer. At the start of 2005, Destineer was developing training simulators for the CIA and FBA, t- t- FBI titled Judgmental Shooting Simulator, concurrently developing narrative-driven games using those simulators as a basis for mass-market appeal. The studio wanted to translate Fallujah's grueling combat in the same way. Hmm. Then over here. So what's in it for the CIA? This is, by the way, screenshots from different things that he's piecing together. So I'm not sure what the sources are on this, but we're going down the rabbit hole. So what's in it for the CIA? Well, Tamte says Destineer will create training systems, quote, far more effective than our government has been getting in the past, while at the same time getting unique subject matter experience from these government customers that we use to make our commercial video games more authentic. Than a different now we're on games industry app biz i can tell because of the the, the yellow background and typeface <laughs> in direct contrast to his approach however uh was the stop the war coalition peace group who said glorifying fallujah the fallujah massacre is sick quote the massacre carried out by Ameri- american and british forces in fallujah in 2004 is amongst the worst uh, of the war crimes carried out uh in an illegal and immoral war spokesperson tansy e hoskins told tech radar Quote, is, it is estimated that up to 1,000 civilians died in the bombardment and house-to-house raids carried out by invading troops. So many people were killed in Fallujah that the town's football stadium uh, had to be turned into a cemetery to cope with all the dead bodies. Uh, there is nothing to celebrate in the death of people resisting an unjust and bloody occupation. To make a game out of a war crime and to capitalize on the death uh, in the industry of the thousands is sick. There will never be a time uh, when it is appropriate for people to play at committing atrocities, added Tansy. Uh, The massacre in Fallujah should be remembered uh, with shame and horror, not glamorized and glossed over for entertainment. Yeah, I saw uh, just before I came on, Ian Boudreaux was like pointing at something in the description and he was like, uh, they said uh, something about Marines and soldiers and they capitalized the S in soldiers. And he was like, yeah, this this was made with like participation by the army because only army PR yeah. like tries to capitalize soldiers, uh, which again I I don't have any um, uh, familiarity with any of that, so I can't say uh, in either direction. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, obviously a completely fucked up situation. So there's more to read on it and more to look into it about than we can get into here, obviously, as this news breaks right before we go live and we right. try to figure out what the hell's going on. A game I wasn't asking for, a game that sounds pretty shitty, but who knows what's going on. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I do. All right. Thank you for knowing what I mean. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, this is the end of the show for right now. You can go to patreon.com slash games and get uh, that exclusive Patreon post show we do where Mike will be hanging out and talking games with me. Mike, if people aren't following us over to patreon.com slash games, where can they keep following you? You can follow me every day at Twitter. That's automatic Zen, Z-E-N. Uh, and you can find me at pcmag.com every day or so. Yeah, that's right. Remember, kindoffunny.com slash MH. You can see all of Mike's PC Mag articles listed in one place on PCMag.com. It's a great way to get Mike articles and keep up with Mike and see what he's up to. What's he, what's he talking about over there? Is there a new <laughs> driver? Is there a new graphics card? Oh, what's oh. TurboTax up to this year? Only one way to find out. Kindoffunny.com slash MH. Oh, no, I do more than that. Games. Oh, really? That's I PC, though. That's PC it. gaming. Oh, mine, Minesweeper, of course. What's going on with Minesweeper? Wow. Yeah. I know. I, I love PC games. I'm glad you guys beta test everything for us. Then it comes to the console all polished up. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, tomorrow, it's the last time you will see Imran Khan on Kind of Funny Games Daily as a reoccurring 
part-timer. Imran's final show is tomorrow. He, of course, will be back on other games dailies on Gamescasts. But tomorrow we say goodbye to the Don Imran Khan. If you're watching live right now on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, Blessing and Snowbike Mike are going to jump into some Apex. I think even the Nitro Rifle might join them. But like I said, we have to run to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and do a post show. This has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe until next time. No, it's been our pleasure to serve you.